Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Thea 2, Driftland, Planetfall, Stellaris, and much, much more. Troy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's really good to be here tonight. Uh, how was your week, man? Uh, my week was good. Kind of hectic, but good. No complaints. How about you? Uh, well, we've hit a cold snap, and oh. it's possible that I wake up the snow tomorrow. What? Yeah. In the middle of April? Yeah. What do you do? What snow are you, or sleep. New England? Snow or, or sleep. Canada or something? <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen up where you live, but yeah, there's a chance that we wake up with snow or sleet in the morning here. Uh, okay. Sounds fun for you. No, it is not fun. I am sick of cold weather. All right. I am way ready to leave it behind. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about something happier and uh why don't you tell us about uh the newest news for thea 2 the shattering all right so this week we got some terrific news thea 2 the shattering is going to go on full release may 13th so just a couple of weeks from when you hear this podcast thea will be uh out out of early access version 1.0 fully done ready to go it doesn't mean they're going to stop supporting the game you know, uh, that's very rare for video games now, especially ones by decent studios, to end development once they launch, but it will fully launch on May 13th, and I am so excited because now I think I'll be able to play it for a bit without losing my saves, and that's really terrific. I can't wait to make some progress on this game. Nice. I, I too, kind of stopped playing it a few weeks back, just waiting for the game to be completed. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the release candidate and then I'll fire it up again. So I'm guessing we'll probably, uh, there'll be like a beta branch or something to it in the next maybe two, three weeks. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. I really enjoyed my time in early access and I could see where the game was going and what they were doing with it. And I was really, I, I still am, I'm very impressed with Muha Games. What they're able to achieve with such a small group is phenomenal. So... You know, and I'm not saying it because I'm trying to, you know, kiss up to anybody or whatnot. I'm just being le legitimately honest here that good stuff, you know. So can't wait for the version to come out for us to try it. Then we'll have something to say more in the review and whatnot. So, okay. Well, uh, this week we also got another set of news about another game that's uh, left early access, right? Right. Uh, Driftland, the Magic Revival, just now launched this past week. And they've been in early access for quite a while now, but the game has fully launched. And um, this is a game that had really terrific feedback from its community. The devs were very active in the Steam forums, and they would take suggestions. And even if it didn't fit with their original vision for the game, they would 
listen and give it an honest think and then always give uh, a, a very detailed answer whether they included it in the game or didn't and there were a lot of things that the community brought to them saying hey we think your game would be better if you did this and at first they'd be like well we didn't really think we would do that and here's our reasons but how about we experiment with it and we'll put that in we'll see how it goes and if it went really well they kept it if it didn't they got rid of it so uh Driftland the Magic Revival is out version 1.0. They're already working on a fourth campaign for the book or for the book. For the uh for for the game and um they say it's already at an advanced stage of development. So they too plan to continue to support the game after launch. Uh this fourth campaign is only the beginning. They're going to include uh additional I I believe they're going to include additional factions and things like that down the road. Uh, and we wish them the best of luck. We're really excited for those guys. Absolutely. And uh, in uh, somewhat surprising news, um, what was it? Fa- Elemental Fallen Enchantress, which was, it's like the full name, but they dropped Elemental. So Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes. This is a game from Stardock that came out, ooh, I'd say... I think it was May of... Hold on. I'll look it up for you because I got it right here. 2013, right? Yeah. I can I can tell you right here because um, I've got it loaded on my computer. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, May... Wow. Excellent memory, Nate. I know, right? May, uh-huh. May 22nd, 2013. Good job. Nice. I didn't have the exact date, but I remember it was like like middle to late spring of 2013. So uh, Stardock is working on something for it now. I, I'm guessing it's like a patch, a community-type patch, where they're going to incorporate more community feedback. I don't have the exact information. I remember seeing this past week uh, some information about it. I don't know if it was a tweet or something like that from Brad Wardell, but I reached out to them, and I'm hoping that they're able to provide me with something where um, we can reference it and have it in the notes. But if not, we'll have a link to the game itself. And I think at the time of recording, it's on sale for 50% off, and... It's definitely one of those fantasy 4X games that tried to be different and I think succeeded in doing it. And there are many members in our community and other communities that like it. Of course, there's quite a few people that don't. This is the case with any game. So, you know, to each their own and your results may vary. So, you know, I don't know what people feel about it. By all means, please let us know in the, in the notes below. But hopefully, like I said, we'll have a link to this news item and we'll able we'll be able to see what what's coming for it because i'm very curious it's when elemental war of magic which was oh this one was back like in 2010 when down was coming out that game was going to be revolutionary and evolutionary but it had all kinds of problems in development so they kept tweaking it tweaking it tweaking it and like the final version of that particular game with all the changes was fallen enchantress and then they did sorcerer king and Again, this is a fantasy setting that is not Tolkien-based. It's not, you know, the typical orcs and goblins as we know it. So there was a lot of stuff there that was really unique. It was very fun. But at the same time, there were other things there that were not you, not so much that they weren't unique, but they just, we, we weren't sure how they worked because the documentation was not the best for it. And some of the mechanics, there were like some bugs that just, just persevered. Build after build, they would not, could not be squashed so some people had a bug-free playtime, and other people had lots of issues so again like like i said any game coming out these days your mileage may vary but 
if this is a game you enjoyed, keep an eye out because there's something coming for it. Again, not sure what, but something. So, And I'm not trying to tease here. I genuinely do not know. I've just noticed that Brad Wardell and one of their PR guys, they've just been talking about it more and more. And I'm like, okay, well, come on, guys, let us know. What, what are you guys doing here? What's going on? So I'm kind of excited to see what, what they release for it. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing it. Uh, I think it's kind of underrated. It mm-hmm. has the unfortunate circumstance of being sandwiched between two games that were rather poorly received by the community, uh, and I think rightfully so. But Fallen Enchantress is a terrific game, and if you are the type of 4X gamer who really enjoys uh, Empire management mm-hmm. and that aspect of 4X, then Fallen Enchantress is really the game for you because it has a lot of interesting empire management options. Um, mm-hmm. It does have tactical combat, probably not as deep as some of the other games, but I think it's fine. I enjoy it. So anyway, yeah, check it out and uh, keep an ear out for the update, and we'll tell you as soon as we find out about it. Yep, yep. Uh, we're going to move on now to Age of Wonders Planet Fall, and this week we got the first uh, dev diary for the Syndicate faction. And the Syndicate faction is, um, okay, just a quick background about the Planetfall lore. Uh, there was a star union, interstellar state, uh, interstellar uh, empire collapsed. The Syndicate was a group of uh, businesses that managed trade, uh, interplanetary trade within the star union. When the union collapsed, uh, trade broke down. And now that interstellar travel has returned, the syndicate is once again uh, reuniting and rebuilding the economy and uh, the trade routes for the setting of this game. So that's kind of a interesting uh, background for the faction. And uh, let's see, it talks about several different things. It talks about the the houses are administered entire star clusters. They have armies of Kirko slaves, I believe is how we're going to pronounce that, Kirko slaves. And uh, they develop their own feudal societies based on their corporate hierarchy. Um, and one of the interesting things they say here is, this is a, there is a real-world culture that resembles this faction, and it's the medieval Venetians. And yeah, so we're talking Medici, about... Like the Medicis and stuff like that, right? Uh, I think the Medicis were uh, from Florence, not Venice. Right, but I mean that's when <clears throat> when you mention this, people are like who who who? It's like them. There's another family, another major family. Right. Uh, if it comes to me, I'll say, I'll uh, say the name. Yeah, yeah. Most people are probably uh, familiar with the Medicis, but I think they were mainly located in Florence, not Venice. But anyway, that's a small thing. And then mm-hmm. we get this uh, interesting line here. Um, Where'd it go? Oh, yeah. In addition to the Venetian references, and it is possible they mean Florence, but who? I don't, I don't know. Uh, there is also a bit of Italian crime culture mixed in. And uh, when I was reading that, my imagination got started working, Nate. And I was thinking about when they were doing the brainstorming for this faction. And they were like, you know what? Let's, let's try to isolate why civilization has become such a popular and best-selling 4X game. And somebody in the meeting might have gone, well, one of the things that Civ does is it's not afraid to include problematic items 
in its game. For instance, they might include Inquisitors and the Inquisition as positive things in, in the game. And uh, maybe we should do something like that. And so they thought about it for a little bit and said, well, what kind of problematic things could we include? How about we have one faction that uses slaves as like cannon fodder soldiers? And just to make it a little over the top, we'll get like this guy who looks like Baron Harkonnen from Dune to like be their taskmaster and we'll put all these like chains all in his little flying seat so that way you know he can whip the slaves with his uh, psionic whips whenever he needs to and then if that isn't offensive enough we can say this is all based on italian crime culture so that way we can include a stereotype in with this and they're like oh dude brilliant uh, that is gonna go over so yeah. well with people slavery uh, and tarring the ent- the entire italian nation as a crime culture that pff, wonderful uh, I, I think you're reading into it a little bit well this, maybe but you know this all had to come from somewhere well this it does it comes from science fiction and fantasy this is a science fiction and fantasy trope that is well known. <laughs> and not... maybe shouldn't be continued. However... Oh, please. We've got sex bots as a minor faction. Well, that, that, is, that actually is kind of an interesting moral question. Uh, well, we're not going to get into that on this show, though. Look, well, oh, you're making me get carried have. away, Nate. I think we already have. Yeah, so. well, that is interesting. I, I will have to admit. And I mean, add to that <clears> is that, to me, the way I see it, it is that this is about the opulence and excess of, um, like, like we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have examples of stuff like that right now. You know, that's been throughout history. When you reach a certain level of wealth, your outlook on life changes, your value for people and for their lives and for what they're worth changes. And I mean, that was like Caligula and stuff like that from the Roman times. And you had you, you had it since the, the earliest days of civilization, you had excesses of this nature. So this is just a continuation of that. And it's, uh, I mean, it's biblical. Like great. <laughs> it's, sl- it's biblical. It's like sloth. Isn't that what sloth is? Um, Isn't that like, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know greed and sloth and something like that. so that's kind of what how i look at it well yeah, yeah but you, you can also play this and winning with them is supposed to be a good thing they're not like a, a minor faction you would uh conquer or a non-playable faction that you would work against so well, there's you know so now we have legit bad guys and maybe if you play them you get their whole story and you're like well these guys aren't so bad they're just misunderstood again as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> what I want to see yeah. is what they do with the faction, how they make the gameplay unique. Like this faction is a psionic faction, you know, and like they have some really cool stuff to the units where if their slave warriors die, they're basically their gladiators die. They can be resurrected to continue fighting. Like your fight is not over. Go get get back to fighting. I mean, it's it's different. It's unique. And I'm not I'm not turned off from it, you know. I'm not put a, I'm not put out by it. I want to see what they do with it. I mean, I'm an adult. I'm not a child. I don't want to be coddled. I don't need somebody to hold my hand and to tell me everything is okay. And you know, here here's a rubber sword and here's a rubber bat and go beat each other on the head until you somebody emerges victorious. This is a war. You have people, aliens, everybody else killing each other. You know? All right, well, I'm glad you asked about the gameplay. Uh, it says in this week's Dev Journal that 
next week's Dev Journal will have more about the gameplay and the mechanics involved with the Syndicate. And also, they did preview some of that in the um, Spotlight video that we discussed last week. Um, if you remember, uh, it talked about like yes, like the slave mechanics and things like that, and I how do. this uh, this uh, faction uses its mental powers, and it's also uh, a faction that uses a lot of subterfuge, and um, they're they're probably going to be more of the espionage centric faction uh, for Age of Wonders Planetfall. So not a lot on details, uh, a good bit on aesthetics. I will have to say I like the color scheme. For the faction, I like how their uh, units and buildings look ultra modern. I, I really dig that. Um, it their their weapons remind me uh, to a certain degree of um, some of the weapons you might see like an Endless Legend, which is another like a science fantasy type setting. So uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what they had to say about the Syndicate this week. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody listening to remember that I was the first official person to term science fantasy on the internet. I want all credit attributed to me, please. All credit. To, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm sure other people have been using it. But yeah, that's kind of what this feels like. This this feels like it's science fiction, but there's like a fantasy element, you know, so science fantasy. Sci-fi versus sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, moving on. We have the beginnings of what the next stage for Stellaris is going to be. So they they gave us a little bit more information about the rework that they have going, and they're going to be um, tackling megastructures, habitats, and minor artifacts. Now, if you're playing Stellaris, megastructures were a pretty interesting addition, and like they could be incredibly powerful. But interestingly enough, with the 2.2 release where they they uh, added the Ecumenopolis, which is basically uh, like the planet city where the whole city was the planet. Like there was so much industrial growth that it controlled the whole planet. And that became like the most powerful megastructure, essentially. So they had to go back and rework the megastructures. And <clears throat> they pulled it out of the, um, you have the Ascension perk that they had to take it out. I believe it's the master builder. So they had to take it out from that. And they're reworking it, and uh, you're going to be able to actually have multiple, you're going to be able to work on multiple megastructures. Now, I don't know what kind of economy you're going to have to have in place, especially with the new uh, economic system that they put in and all the changes they made, like how you could build multiples, but you sh but sh that is going to be an option, and you're going to have to make a decision early on which one you want to pursue because prior to 2.2 you can pretty much at some point your your economy was a runaway economy and you can just afford to build all of them and if you think about it these projects are massive building a dyson sphere or building a, building a real world or some kind of a stellar array or anything of that nature is something that takes uh, many many decades if not multiple centuries and it would require the real like i believe for dyson sphere you needed to use the all the resources of the system to build one or maybe that was the ring world so or maybe both but anyways the point is that's all going to be changing and they started talking a little bit about that and another thing is uh you have this faction essentially this gameplay called the voidborn where you don't have a home planet you build habitats and like 
what are they called, like giant space stations that act as a planet. And you could build them even in a system that doesn't have any planets or any habitable planets. You can build one of those. So that was always the case, but now it plays a more important role. And then what they did with it is since they pulled it out of the of that particular uh, group, not not the stations, but like all the megastructures got pulled out. So now if you want to build a megastructure, this becomes a purple technology on the tech tree. So you might not be able to build all megastructures or any particular one in any given game if you don't get this like ultra rare tech, which makes sense. So if you happen to pull it early on, you can start working on it and maybe, you know, by mid game, you you have one up and you get a big tech advantage or military advantage or production or whatever, you know. Again, I don't know how it's all gonna tie into economy. I'm pretty sure they're going to continue tuning it and show us. But what I'm seeing overall for the development of Stellaris is that for the foreseeable future, they're not going to be introducing all these new things is they're going to be reworking other systems, older systems. So essentially, my takeaway is that they're going to do what the community, the wider community has been asking for, which is get everything caught up to essentially 2.2. All of these changes that they've been making since their original release, every time they're going back, they're tweaking, tweaking, but some systems are getting left behind and particular play types have become, I don't know, I don't want to say unreasonable, but not fun, grindy, and unplayable almost. So maybe with this this reflection, this looking back and seeing what they can take care of, what they can fix, maybe that's going to you know spruce up the whole game, not just these little focus points that they've been kind of putting the magnifying lens on. So, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played 2.2. I doubt I'm going to get a chance to play it before the middle or end of summer. I have so many things on my plate right now that game-wise that I needs to come out long before then. So I'm kind of going to have to wait and see here maybe from Mark or maybe from Joshua what they think or, you know, some of the other guys that are playing. I'm very curious to get their feedback on it. But anyways, that's that for Stellaris. And in other Paradox news, uh, they announced that, well, we knew this, that PDXCon was going to be in October of 2019 in Berlin. This is not this is not news. We've had I believe we've had the date for I don't know maybe since the start the beginning of the year maybe January sometime in January I think they talked about it maybe February or something like that. But now they're they're saying that they're going to there'll be a link in the notes so you can check it out if you haven't already seen it. The ticket uh, tickets are going to be available on May seventh. There's going to be a discount. They're talking about you know some of the stuff that's going to be there, the games. But this is basically all of Paradox's stuff and all of their studios that they have acquired or that they published for. Everybody's going to be there. And uh, this is going to be again. This is in Cologne, Germany, between October 18th to 20th. So if you're at all interested in checking it out, or if you're in the, somewhere in the EU and you you're like, hey, I've always wanted to go. This might be something for you to check out. So the link will be in the notes. And I think that is it for Paradox News this week. <laughs> awesome. Well, very good. Uh, a late delivery from Avalon here. The developer for Alliance of the Sacred Sons just posted an update change log like just a few minutes before we started here. So in this uh, this month's uh, work in progress, he's uh, really changing around uh, how populations spring up and what you can do with them. 
So first, he's added an academy system. You're going to be able to build academies on your planets now and then set that academy for a particular type of specialization. Ooh, my tongue is tight. A particular specialization. So if you want him to focus in science or industry or administration or whatever, you're now going to be able to teach your pops that skill, which means they're going to... enter the workforce or wherever when you can start using them with a higher degree of that skill. But it also means they're going to have lower skills than than regular pops to kind of balance that out. What they're going to be able to do, though, is they'll pick up on their skills, especially their specialized skills, even faster. So they'll start off slightly weaker, but they will quickly make up for that for you. And you can build multiple academies on... A particular planet and that will speed up the number of graduating pops you're gonna get so if you have a planet that gets devastated or um, maybe you find a planet that's not really inhabited you can build a bunch of academies and you're gonna get a bunch of highly educated population units that will help I don't know put that planet uh, on the right road so if you want it um, to produce a lot of um, money or credits you'll be able to do that If you want it in the science realm, you can do that, that sort of thing. Uh, One thing he is doing, though, is he is reducing the number of population units, the number of pops, for the game as a whole. Uh, And unrest is going to be more pronounced. So I think what that'll do is that kind of reduces the micromanagement a little bit. You'll be able to generate more high-quality pops that reduces your need for just high quantity pops and so that makes your individual decisions more momentous and it decreases the i don't know the micromanagement which none of us really like so uh in addition to that there's a few balance changes and bug fixes things like that not a whole lot which is a good sign we don't when you see a whole lot of bug fixes it means there were a whole lot of problems so it looks like there weren't too many problems with the game itself this time around and he was able to implement this whole other system uh, for the game to make it um, probably a bit more playable, honestly. So uh, we're really glad to hear that about Alliance of the Sacred Sons. And uh, we Absolutely, wish, and I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, I'm we glad wish he was best able to there. put up the notes, right? <laughs> yeah, not too the bad. The notes were like a late edition. It was a request, like, hey, if you can make the notes, we'll cover it. So he kind of got it knocked out. So that's awesome. And sorry to interrupt you. No problem. talk over you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about Total War Warhammer 2. Right. So recently we had the release for uh, the new Lord pack, Lord's pack called the Prophet and the Warlock. And this is uh, something focused on the Skaven and the Lizardmen. And as part of that, or as an aside to that, they released something called the Doomsayer update. And this is basically the free patch that comes along with this. And it rebalances the vor- the... The Eye of the Vortex campaign, which is the campaign from Total War Warhammer 2, and the Mortal Empires campaigns, which campaign, which is the campaign including Warhammer 1, 2, all the factions, the huge map, it's like 130-something factions on it, or no, not 130 factions, it's 130 uh, regions on it, and it's like a massive map that has the Old World and the New World and Ulthuan, which is right in the middle where the Eye of the Vortex takes place, the High Elflands Island, the uh, and then there's like major changes that they're doing to the AI 
as far as in the campaigns and you know how it plays out they they went back and this time around they are um, fixing up the bretonians getting them caught up it's the human faction that was one of the last factions that was released with uh, total war warhammer one and they are um they added some new ai factions in uh, the new world they um they added the Skaven under Empire. There's all kinds of building changes. There's pro- provinces. That's what it's, I think, 130-something provinces. They added new provinces. They added uh, character skill revisions, various other revisions. But the, the they made changes to battle. But the major thing is, besides Bretonia, is that they also, like I said, really started working on the AI. And that's always been an issue that people have with the Total War games. Like the AI will get derpy all of a sudden, start doing weird stuff. So they're continuing to work on it. And if you are a Warhammer fan, Total War, the Total War adaptation of Warhammer Fantasy Battle is phenomenal. And I believe that Dallin put out a video this past week that he's going to be looking at the last expansion in details like the mechanic stuff and i'm sure he's also going to be looking at this new one so check out our youtube channel we're going to have some stuff for that and i believe let me look yep that's it that's the main stuff that's those are the news items for the week and um moving on this week's what is game is called spaceland and this is another squad tactics game now this one is in their um, um steam landing page for the game this is what they call it, a tactical adventure inspired by XCOM and legendary sci-fi movies. And basically, this is a squad, ta- squad combat tactics game. Uh, it is, um, each match is set to maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And you are on this new planet, you're just, you know, what do humans do when they come to a new planet? Tr- while they're doing, uh, like, archaeological excavations and trying to figure out stuff they're killing everything that moves that isn't human so there we go that's that's basically the gist of the story here is you come to a new planet you kill aliens mutants and everything else while you're trying to figure out what kind of secrets are there so you can i guess incorporate them and then move to new planet and then rinse and repeat the same thing so it looks it looks very cute it's not a um the graphic fidelity of this is not on the level of XCOM these days, but at the same time, gameplay-wise, it looks pretty solid. So the link will be in the notes. Check it out if you're interested. If this looks like something that you know, like me, you have been burned by a game that shall remain unmentioned, and you're looking for alternative squad tactics games that are kind of tongue-in-cheek. Not, I don't think it's trying to take itself too seriously. So, but not in a bad way. It's just it's not you know it's not trying to be an XCOM game. You know, world changing. This is this looks fun, and uh, I believe that is it for this week's news items. So, Troy, what have you been playing? I didn't have much time to game at all this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting mm-hmm. to enter into the busy season for my work. So, like the next month, the next thirty days are gonna be pretty tough for me. Uh, I did play some Space Tyrant, uh huh, and yeah. that was fun, but. My best fleet got wiped out by a laser shark, and I lost that campaign. So, Oh, those devious laser sharks. Yeah, I had to choose between the laser shark and the space slug, and I I thought you I had a better chance decision. against the shark, but I didn't. I see. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. That's all I played this week. How about you? Uh, well, I um, got to play a couple of games briefly that I cannot talk about. 
and then I played, um, finished out my a different campaign I had for Endless Legend. Uh, still playing the campaign with my son for XCOM, but I think we're going to wrap it up this weekend because spring break is going to be over for him. So I don't, I don't want him coming back from school. Dad, Dad, come on, let's play, let's play. Because during school, there's no games, no TV, nothing. Cool, and that's it. So no more of that. So for myself, for fun, I decided I've been watching a couple of the YouTubers that I follow playing um, games like, um, what, what's the latest one? Um, Obsidian's... Uh, uh, it's Divinity? Pillars of Eternity, but it's the oh. Tyrant game, Tyranny. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, I've been watching that, and then I was watching from another YouTuber I follow. He's playing um, Kingmaker, Pathfinder Kingmaker, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, that That looks so much fun when they're playing it, so I want to play that too, something like that. And I looked in my library to see what I have like that, and I have Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition. And since I haven't played any divinity at all or divinity too i'm like oh, i might as well fire it up so i did and it's uh it's a fun game i like like the voice work that they added from the original that they added on top of the original game hence why it's the enhanced edition they added more classes they added more of everything it's like really pretty game so i mean it's got all the check boxes i need in order to catch my attention and then on top of that it actually has an interesting story and fantastic combat so i'm playing that a little bit but my God, I, I'm very terrible at it because I do more damage to my own party members than the than the creatures that I face because I haven't figured out yet how to properly target area of effect spells. So when you do area of effect, it hits everybody. Like the splash diamond hits everybody. So like I have this character that uses an electrical attack and I'm fighting early on in like a rainstorm essentially in a place that's under permanent rain. So every time she uses her attack, she ends up stunning a bunch of my people. <laughs> so yeah, so I've been getting squad wipe, uh, not squad wipes, but party wipes, and it automatically reverts you to the last time that it auto saved. So I'm trying to kind of figure it out, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'll definitely be talking about it in the coming weeks as I'm unraveling it. And like I talked to some of the guys in Explorer, and they're like, "Man, oh, Divinity is amazing. Yeah, when you finish it, you gotta check out this, and you gotta do that, and you gotta do this other thing." So I'm I'm pretty I'm enjoying myself for the bit of time I've had, and. Uh, I got a key from Stardock for Siege of Sansari, their new tower defense game, but I have not had a chance to fire it up. And again, I'm not a huge tower defense guy, so if this game is going to get my attention, it's going to have to be like, bam, in your face. I'm good. Play, play. It's fun. Check it out. So we'll have to see because, you know, again, tower defense, not my cup of tea. But if nothing else, it looks good. It's based on the Ashes of the Singularity engine. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like once I fired up. Maybe by the next time we record, I'll have a chance to give it a spin. And let me see, anything else? Anything else? Nope, that's it. That's all the gaming I've had time for this week. I'm, I'm sure there's something I'm leaving out, but... Well, that's oh, not yeah. too bad. Blood Bowl 2. I had another match in my league in Blood Bowl 2, and I, I, I don't know how I won it. I don't know. Half my team is in traction now, but I somehow won that match on some weird lucky play, but Nuffle was kind to me this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's all i've been playing i think with that it's time to wrap up the show so as a big thank you to our patrons you're awesome thank you so much for everything that you do for us uh we i i had left a message with you guys earlier in the year about the discord channel so it it does exist it uh 
a few people actually even found it. We haven't advertised it anywhere, but I've noticed over the past couple of days a few people joined. Now, I don't know if they were sent invites from some of the guys or they found it on their own. So just, you know, see if you can find it. I'm going to be working on it over the next two weeks. And hopefully by the end of the month, I'll have it set up to where we'll have a couple of different rooms in there. I'll find a few of the guys that are around to help moderate it. And then it'll be open for everybody to kind of just do their thing. But then uh, it's going to be a little tricky just because, I mean, we're all working. None of us is around at all times. So we'll kind of have to hope that our Discord members are as cool on Discord as they are in our forums. And they're able to, you know, keep it nice amongst themselves when... We're not around because I don't want to have to have somebody complain to me. Ah, you know, we're fighting and arguing and you know, it's profanity being thrown and insults. I, this is the last thing I want. You know, so I was always weary of that. But having said all of that, stay tuned. That's going to be available to everybody very soon. And uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you on the podcast. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya. Thank you.